Sean Lynn in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 66. We are extremely happy to welcome Jim Amsing, husband, father, and original God Squad member. Sit back as I pour us a dram. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. Uh, we are extremely excited to welcome a longtime friend, uh, Jim Amsing, into the pub. Welcome, Jim. Oh, nice to be here, Sean. I'm uh, glad that uh, we finally were able to do this. Uh, I know internet connections are a little, little less robust where you are. Yes, we're living off the grid, uh, Sean, as you know, uh, in southeastern uh, British Columbia. So sometimes uh, our connections aren't all that great, but I'm in my sunroom right now. It's nice and toasty in here. The sun's shining, and uh, hopefully everybody can hear what I'm saying. Yeah, we can hear you just fine. I'm just going to pour myself a little Mortlatch single malt, 16-year-old, as I have to prepare to lead a whiskey tasting for one of the silent auction gifts that we uh, sold off last year. So I better at least taste the whiskey that I'm I'm going to serve. A dram's only an eighth well, of an ounce, so we're not talking about a bunch, uh, a bunch of whiskey here. We're just having a taste and... Uh, going to enjoy it. So while I'm having a smell and a taste, uh, tell our friends in the pub, who is Jim Amsing? Well, that's a very good question, as you know, Sean. <laughs> I'm a husband and a father. I've uh, been married uh, uh, coming up 43 years here in June. Um, I was your old partner on the streets in Calgary for five years, and uh, Dave Whitty, another one of our original God Squad members. Um, I did 26 years uh, on, the, on the job and uh, came back uh, for another nine years, Sean, uh, as the uh, chaplain for the Calgary Police Service. Uh, about six years ago, uh, we sold out in Alberta and we moved to BC where my wife and I are um, currently living, uh, an off-the-grid lifestyle with uh, organic gardens and solar energy and uh, on 160 acres of beautiful uh, wilderness that we just absolutely uh, enjoy. That's that's awesome uh, and I'm happy for you and Thelma that uh, able to enjoy some of that uh, retirement and uh, you're you're also writing books I understand and 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 work in the land so What's your latest book that you wrote? Uh, it's called uh, Spirituality Inner Armor. Uh, you can get it through Friesen Press or Amazon or Kindle. Um, you'd recognize a couple of the stories in there, Sean, because you were with me when we, we did some of the stories. So the, the book is sort of laid out uh, storytelling with sort of uh, uh, the back end of the chapter dealing with the uh, uh, people's professional opinion about leadership and uh, relationships and PTSD and, and things like that. So 
the, the main crux of it is that um, spirituality can help us not only manage our personal life, but when we're in a high-stress job, it'll help us manage uh, the stressors, and, and especially in police, uh, police work where we deal with uh, evil. Uh, it helps us to, to put it into a framework that helps us move through that evil and understand that we're God's messengers and God's uh, servants for peace. But this is also good so for... Uh, not... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying that's so true. Go ahead, and you were going to say something else. Um, I was just going to say that it's it's also very helpful not only for emergency service people and military people, but um, doctors and nurses and anybody that's sort of in a high-stress uh, position in which they're trying to reconcile um, uh, stress, you know, and, and evil and the, the effects on people. And how do you deal with death, for instance? How do you deal with um, someone that... Uh, is, has the mind that he's going to take other people's lives or she's going to take someone else's life or maybe even as, an, as a police officer, your life. So how do you deal with those types of stressors? How do you maintain sort of a, a balance? And I, I call it um, an internal jihad. We, we're having kind of a situation in which um, we need to take care of our, our heart first, uh, our internal equilibrium and tranquility and once we can attain that uh, through spirituality then our outer actions will reflect that inner harmonic congruence I call it and uh, it's then you're able to actually live life uh, with all the the things that come at you in a way that uh, um, is growth you know it's not uh, uh, gonna hurt you it's gonna help you in the, in the long run to manage your life and to be everything that you can be for the Lord. And and that's so important. You and I uh, were part of the peer support program at the Calgary Police Service for many, many years. And and that's something, especially amongst men, is, is something that's overlooked. Uh, just having a safe outlet to discuss the stressors of your job and and creating a safe atmosphere to do that and that's that's what we're we're trying to do in everyday life is be that brother walking with another brother and and having them able to to open up and and share what their struggles are what their hopes dreams aspirations are and, and dealing with the stress of, of their jobs, whether it's a, a postman, a chef, whatever, like we all have our stressors in life, right? And some jobs are definitely a lot more stressful. Like I'm praying for our police officers nonstop right now with all the what's going on in Canada because they're the ones caught in the middle, uh, trying to keep the peace and uh, make things right, so. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, Sean. I think what happens with uh, our relationships with other people is it's all about authenticity. In other words, do we actually care about them? You know what I'm saying? And if, if we actually care about people, then they'll open up. Then they'll actually extend some trust to you. And, you, of course, you can't breach that trust. You have to earn that trust. And you can only earn that trust if interiorly you actually care for those people. 
And then you can have an impact and you can, you know, you can help them manage or you can be a friend that walks with them through a, through a dark time, like you, like you mentioned. Uh, the police officers today, yeah, they're under a lot of stress. Um, you know, they're trying to do the right things. Um, and yet, uh, there's a lot of, you know, public, uh, animosity, uh, that, that shows itself. And yet there, that animosity, I think is probably a very small part of the rest of uh, society, um, and and that's where that inner spirituality comes into play. Whether someone hates me or not, I'm going to try to do the right thing. I'm going to try to make the right decisions for the right reasons, and I'm going to use the Word of God. I'm going to use the sacraments. I'm going to use um, you know good spiritual reading from Scripture or from uh, other sources to help me stay on track myself, so that I can be the right person and and do the right job for the right reasons, right? And, and to maintain uh, a sense of mission. I think each one of us has a definitive mission in our life. And it, like you say, it doesn't matter whether we're a postman or we're a baker, or it doesn't matter. Um, we have a mission to fulfill for our Lord. And to stay on track, we actually need to replenish our spiritual fuel, I say, on a, on a daily basis. And if you don't, you'll be a wreck on the side of the road. You're, you're not going to make it, you're not going to be as effective for the Lord as you could be. And it, once you sort of tap into that uh, spiritual strength, it helps us deal with all those things that come our way. And actually it opens us up to ministry opportunities like you're doing here with, uh, with this ministry, uh, the God Squad. So uh, without that strength, Sean, could you, could you see yourself doing what you're doing there? No, because why bother doing it? <laughs> is exactly. and that's yeah. that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that there's something that needs to be done, and He's calling me to do what I can in that area, and that's what we need, especially our young men. We want to invite them to to participate. I was just talking to another board member today, where just allowing the young men to participate and learn and grow with guys with a few more gray hairs like us. Uh, uh, it's so important, but unfortunately uh, you and I have talked about this in the past where everybody builds little fiefdoms. It doesn't matter if it's <coughs> sorry, like a district fund or whatever they all I'm in control of this or instead of inviting people to help and participate in the mission. Yeah, that is absolutely correct. But people have to trust you to to engage with you. Right, Sean? Like if, if you actually uh, demonstrate a willingness to go a little bit deeper than, hey, how's the weather or, you know, how'd the flames do this, you know, uh, t today or whatever. Um, a willingness to say, hey, you know what, uh, how's it really going with you? Uh, what, what, is there anything stressing you out right now? Is there, how's your relationships going? Is there, is there anything uh, that, you know that I can help you with? Uh, but of course, that doesn't even happen until you actually have someone's trust, and that's something, Sean, we can talk about because how do we actually uh, build trust with each other? What, what's your thoughts on that? That and and being open and present 
is is how you build trust like as you know i worked with youth at risk extensively and a lot of them you i called it time on target like like when we were doing our shooting it was time on target and <clears throat> these young people were used to being burned by people yeah you'll just go you'll just disappear you don't really care you're getting paid to do this where you had to be patient and present to in order to build that trust i agree it's a long-term uh commitment and of course that kind of commitment takes energy doesn't it, it takes energy it takes time yes, it sometimes it takes money <laughs> Um, and yet, uh, the rewards uh, for the other person and for yourself can be quite uh, uh, life-changing, can it? Um, you know, it oh, reminds me of that. With... Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I was just thinking of a, of a time uh, working downtown where, you know, a prostitute um, came up to me and, and thanked me for getting her to the hospital the night or a couple nights before and uh, you know she she had a really bad situation with some uh, pimps and and shotguns and so on and and she I think she really wanted to to see a way out and I said to her hey do you really want to get off the street do you want to change your life and uh, I had an opportunity to and she said yes which was great but I took the time and I, I brought her to an organization that got her off the street, got her out of the city, you know, got her some some good uh, training skills, and uh, she was able, hopefully, to, to get back uh, into society. And we never saw her again on the street, Sean, so I'm guessing that, you know, that was successful. I should certainly hope so, and I pray. But I think what happens is if you open yourself up to the spirits leading, those types of opportunities uh, present themselves uh, way more often than one would think right? If your heart is open to it. And I, I guess that goes back to my, my theory that uh, we need to get it right inside here first uh, with God. Uh, we need to reconcile uh, with God interiorly. And once we have that calmness and that tranquility, uh, then God can use us in ways that are, are wonderful, uh, that are life-changing. Um, and and brings us out of our own shell, our own little world, and sort of into the bigger picture, which is sort of what's happening with God Squad as well. And and that's that's just it. Uh, you're being open, like Jeff Cavins talks about being that activated disciple. And and first, you need to know God, and and listen to God by getting into the Word. So. Know who God is and, and on a daily basis. There, and there's so many tools out there. Unlike when uh, when you were searching uh, for the Catholic Church, it was fairly new and there was somewhat limited resources. As, now there's a plethora of, of great material out there to help people in their walk. And just being open if you yourself need a refresher just be open to it and and start searching like we're we're starting a 30-day challenge with christophanics real life catholic called rise uh, they offered it to us for our 
people coming into the conference as an opportunity to grow men's ministry across Canada and challenge men. So there's a great opportunity to, to just work on yourself uh, like that love your neighbor as yourself that denotes some self-love. So you gotta, you gotta strengthen yourself before you can go out and strengthen others. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. It's, uh, it's an ongoing, uh, growth, isn't it? And, and we need to challenge ourselves. We need to, uh, expose ourselves to the Word of God and, and to, uh, you know, in my case, I use the breviary and, and as you know, <laughs> 25 years ago, uh, when I entered the church, um, uh, Dave Witte gave me a set, uh, that the priests use, of course, and religious and, um, uh, it's really helped me to uh, focus every single day on uh, on the Word of God and, and prayers and um, songs. Uh, you know, you have uh, uh, sermons from you know Saint Augustine and different uh, saints throughout the ages. It just helps you to um, uh, keep focused. But there are other, as you mentioned, there's other methodologies that one can use to keep yourself on track and uh, uh, some people like to read the scriptures every day you know they take a chapter and they read it uh, other people are, are using other methods and they're all good uh, but you have to find something that that works for you uh, that you can fit into your your time schedule uh, I know for myself for the breviary for instance um, I make the time you know it's just I have to do it every day and if I don't um, for whatever, it has to be almost an emergency if I don't do it. Um, but it really helps to keep uh, me centered. And, and that's what we're looking for, I think. We're, we're trying to put that message out to the other men out there and the young fellas that are struggling with um, all the issues of being young men. Um, hold tight to the Lord, He will hold tight to you, is, is what we're, I think we're both saying the same thing there. So we, we talk about faith, family, food, and fun, and uh, I don't recall you being much of a cook, as it were. You left that to other people in the family. Ha has that improved at all uh, now that you're kind of more relaxed and isolated uh, out there? Um, actually, Sean, no. <laughs> I'm still blessed with a, a wife that... Uh, loves to cook for me, thank God, because uh, although I could do it, um, I prefer to let the experts deal with uh, the cooking. I know you're a better, way better cook than I am, and ever will be. Uh, I could do it out of necessity, Sean, and that's about it, you know. Uh, cheese whiz sandwiches. So yeah. That's I know awesome. how to open a tin of beans. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I can see you opening a can of beans, and uh, here we go. So, uh, and on that's uh, that's given the rustic place that you live, that's probably an appropriate food, right? <laughs> well, we do our organic uh, gardening out here, so we are uh, growing uh, a lot of our own food. We have our own uh, root cellar, uh, and, and that gives me a lot of pleasure. There's lots of work out here, Sean, if you ever want to come out for a week. Uh, I'm going to build a shop here pretty quick, and uh, uh, i got a deck that I have to build out the side here, just behind me where I'm, I'm sitting right now. Um, I have a thousand projects, so 
from uh, probably March till uh, uh, the end of November, I'm extremely busy. Um, I'm, I am taking it easy, though, during the winter here, so only one or two little projects around the house or inside the house uh, because of the snow and, and so on. But I also have a, a, a wood mill, so uh, if I, if I want to go out and, and do some work, I can always cut some lumber. There you go. Uh, I might have to see if uh, my son-in-law could borrow it for a while because he's got... Uh, He's got a bunch of timbers on his land, and he's looking at doing some of that stuff too. He wants to build a shop, and so oh, yeah. we're. It, it keeps. It, I'm glad to hear that you're keeping busy, and so yeah. you're saying there is hope for me to uh, do a little less work uh, out there and more in the house. So that's that's good to hear. My Michelle will be very happy to know that there is hope. So. Yes, well, when you're on an, uh, an acreage, a large acreage like I am, uh, there's always something to do, Sean, uh, both there interiorly and exteriorly. Is the, yeah. There you go. Is there, uh, so you're playing hockey, you're doing, you're, you're relaxing, retirement's good. Did you ever think that when we put on that first God Squad conference that 25 years later that would still be going? Um. Yeah, actually, I thought we would be still going, Sean. Uh, uh, it's a good thing. It's it's helping people. Uh, it's inspired by God, for God. Um, you know, if it's if it's all about uh, fulfilling your your mission, Sean, uh, and doing God's work, then God supplies the people. You know, the energy, uh, the money. Uh, and the audience, and so, um, yeah, I'm happy that that you've got you're still keeping the reins going there, and uh, things are happening. I'm looking forward to uh, to getting out to the conference this year, and hopefully, I can talk a few people into coming as well. And uh, it's an important ministry. Uh, it helps to encourage men, and young fellas, and old fellas even like ourselves, uh, to keep up the good fight. To, to make a difference, to remain rooted in God and to remain virtuous, uh, to fight the good fight of, of the faith, to be a good husband, to be a good father, a good brother, a good son. And these things are so important, and to love your wife like Christ loves the church, uh, to, to encase your family in love and service. This is what our Lord Jesus Christ did for us, and so we're called to imitate him and to, to love like he loved us. And of course, with all the internet crap that's out there and, and other uh, temptations, um, this is a time for men to be diligent, uh, to be real men. Uh, I think of, um, I think it's uh, Second Kings where God speaks and he says, be a man, you know, um, uh, be willing to fight the good fight and to um, defend your family, defend your your honor, uh, defend your your spouse, to love her, um, uh, and be willing to die for and her. And that's 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 so important to today's world. And and as you know, many young men are are struggling. So. Uh, 
what advice do you give your 18-year-old self? You know what I did, Sean? Um, uh, of course, I went through college and I had some girlfriends and so on. But finally, what I did was I, I took stock of where I was as a young man. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make a list of attributes and virtues uh, for, for my future wife. And at the top of that list of virtues, um, I put that she lo she loves the Lord Jesus Christ. That was at the very top. And that's what we have to do as a young fella is say, you know what? Um, I, I might be attracted to somebody, but does she love the Lord? I might be attracted to somebody, but is this a hard worker? I might be attracted to somebody, but is, is this a, a woman who gets along with her parents, with her, with her uh, siblings, with her friends? Uh, is this a woman who um, is a woman that we could have children with? Is this a woman who uh, embraces other people and is willing to uh, help those in need? And if we look at all those different types of attributes, um, the Lord will bring someone... Uh, before us that he's helped to pick out for us but if we're not tapped in spiritually how do we know that right if, you, if it's all about just physical attraction or sexual attraction or whatever it is um, that's not the right kind of criteria to use uh, for a woman that you're going to take home to your mom and dad and, and introduce you know it's not the kind of woman that you'd take home and and uh, propose to and so young men need to pray uh, to the Lord to bring the right person to them. I know when I first met my wife Thalma, after traveling 3,000 miles from PEI out to Edmonton, Alberta, I knew instantaneously that she was the one for me. Now, it took me another year to ask her out because I was scared <laughs> that she might say no. But she was my sweetheart, and she was the one that, was, uh, that I knew beyond doubt was... Uh, my future spouse and uh, and she hit all the criteria that I was looking for all the virtues that I had really made a list of in spades and so I did my due diligence Sean you know we talk about due diligence in policing right uh, when you do an investigation you got to do do your due diligence in terms of investigating well it's the same thing when you're investigating your future uh, wife and mother of your children do do most young men do due diligence and I would have to say to you Sean that I don't think so from the people I'm talking to uh, they might be attracted they might say hey you know she's really good looking uh, she has a good figure um, you know she she has a, an occupation but does she get along with her folks is there any red flags you know has she been in other relationships uh, has she been living common law with someone has she um, you know, how does she treat her siblings? How does she treat her friends? How does she uh, treat her workmates? Um, you know, is she a hard worker? Is she a spendthrift? Uh, you know, we've seen it, Sean, where, um, you know, uh, the guys are the ATM machine, you know, and, and, and we've seen women who uh, are shopaholics and, and they, you know, uh, is she thrifty? Uh, can she stretch a dollar? Uh, does she does she want children? And then the, that's the other question for a young man is, are you open to having ch the children that God is going to give to you?
Uh, are you open it's to amazing how, that really? It's amazing how many couples never even discuss having children even after even after they get married till it it rears its ugly head because they one was thinking one way one was thinking the other and then the police get called to a domestic and it's just it's a sad state of where we are and and on the the young women like Michelle and I were talking, uh, there's a Saint, uh, Saint Francis Xavier chaplaincy program where there's all these beautiful young women and I'm going, where are these guys? Like you, you're, they don't know what they're missing, uh, by finding somebody that loves the Lord, the way we see many of these young women that do. And, uh, yeah, so one of the other segments, a... Jim, that I go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that um, yeah. there's lots of young women that are praying for a godly man, and they say to themselves, "We can't find one." Well, where are you looking? You know, is one question. One of the the, the comments that Father Fred Monk, as you know, um, used to say to to couples that wanted to get married, is, "Okay, you get married, and uh, three days later." Uh, your spouse is in an accident, is a quadriplegic, would you take care of your spouse for the rest of that person's life? Now now we're talking love, aren't we, Sean? Uh, a commitment that yeah. transcends the, well, the physical. Right? I, we, I know a couple that's like that. So, yeah, and, uh, yeah, we're, there's so much that we could talk about there. Uh, one of the other segments that I do is Jeff Cavins talks about riding with your posse, your go-to saints. So who are one or two of your go-to saints? Well, St. Francis of Assisi is, is uh, my main guy. Um, when I was confirmed, that was the name I took on. Um, because of his um, humility and willingness to build the church, uh, initially... Of course, St. Francis figured that uh, that meant physically building a church, uh, but the reality was that he was a catalyst for change uh, for the good, of course, in the, in the Catholic Church. Uh, a change from uh, entitlement in the clergy to service. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, Pope St. John Paul II is also uh, one of my heroes. Um, I mean, there's there's so many, Sean, that uh, when you think about the legacy that they've left us, uh, it's it's pretty amazing. It is, it is. So I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us here in the pub and sharing uh, some stories and, and some wisdom. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, the term, the Gaelic term for whiskey is called Ishkabaha, which means water of life. And... I pray that you continue to lead many souls to the true water of life as we move forward. Thanks, Sean. And all the best to you and Michelle and the kids as well. I hope you are enjoying this content. Please like and subscribe. Share with a friend. Also, go to godsquad.ca where you can pray with us and for us. 
and consider donating so that we can continue our mission reaching men wherever they're at. Thank you. 